Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today we're going to be talking to the wonderful Todd Miller, who's the director of the new documentary, Apollo 11. We're also going to be talking about the films Captain Marvel. And also we're going to be talking to uh, some new film critics and also see Jane Salon trying to sleep in the bed you made. A lot of things we're talking to on this wonderful show, but right now I'm going to pass the mic off to the wonderful Nancy, who's going to be talking to... Todd Miller, the director of Apollo 11. Take it away, Nancy. Hello, everyone. I'm Nancy Fifito, reporting for Kids First, and I'm here with Todd Douglas Miller, the director of Apollo 11. Hello, Todd. It's such an honor to speak to you. Hi. Pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. So, in the making of this film, what would you say was the hardest part? Well, I think the hardest part was actually editing everything down. Uh, We actually had about nine uh, days uh, worth of material. Uh, So we had to edit all of that down into uh, under two hours to make the the film. Wow. That seems pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, it was um, uh, it was definitely a chore, but it's a great um, you know testament to not only uh, uh, the team, uh, the filmmaking team, uh, everyone that was working on the project, but certainly uh, everyone at NASA, uh, the National Archives, um, and uh, you know the astronauts and their families. Uh, that's very interesting. So, your next question: When the audience is watching your story, what do you most mostly want them to take out from it? Well, I think the most important part is, uh, you know, certainly um, people think of going to the moon as, uh, you know, they think about the astronauts. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what most people don't think about is the hundreds of thousands of people that were involved uh, in making this uh, happen. And it was spread across tens of thousands of companies. Uh, So it was a a tremendous group effort uh, on on behalf of uh, uh, not only Americans, but people worldwide uh, to to uh, put Neil Armstrong and, and Buzz Aldrin uh, on the moon. Yeah, takes teamwork. That's correct. Takes a very large team. Mm-hmm. So how is the feeling as the director when you hear someone say that they loved your documentary? Oh, it's so gratifying. Um, you know, we, we just opened, uh, you know, an IMAX this week and, you know, happy to, to report the box office is, uh, is booming. Um, and I'm just, it's, it's such an honor uh, to present this story and then have so many people enjoy it. Um, and uh, it's just a testament to not only the story of Apollo 11, but also, uh, you know, the, the big team that we put together uh, that have just been working so hard, uh, you know, in the last few years uh, to get this uh, story in the theaters. Yeah. So while I was watching this documentary, I was very fascinated by all the footage. How were you able to establish all of this? Well, we worked very closely uh, with NASA and the National Archives. Um, Our uh, initial uh, plan with uh, with the film uh, uh, was to uh, digitize. Uh, so we were taking all of these, uh, uh, all this film footage, and actually uh, digitizing it, uh, utilizing some very new technology that hadn't been around uh, up until a few years ago. Uh, so until our project came along, um, no one had uh, uh, has seen this quality of imagery before. Uh, and then also uh, we discovered um, uh, a very large collection of large format film uh, that no one uh, really knew existed. Um, and besides that, we also had uh, just uh, over 11,000 hours of audio uh, that was brand new that no one had heard before. So um, it was you know, just the joy of my life and my career so far to be able to work with these materials and present them to the public for the first time. That's amazing. So in the process of making this film, how would you say that it went? I think it went very, very, very well. Obviously, we had some ups and downs. Uh, you know, we were in business with the federal government. And when you do that, um, you know, you uh, uh, there are certain limitations and requirements that you need to follow. Um, so we survived uh, uh, a couple of several government shutdowns um, that happened. Uh 
unfortunately, when the government shuts down, um, uh, the first things to go are uh, places like NASA, the national parks, national archives, museums mm. shut down. Uh, so we had to work very closely with uh, our contacts there uh, to ensure that these materials, um, you know, were cared for, uh, curated properly, and ultimately archived uh, and preserved uh, for future generations and, and people like yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. You're listening to Kids Boost Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Right now, we're going to continue our conversation with Nancy with Todd Miller, the director of Apollo 11. Were you ever someone who looked up to NASA or the astronauts? Yeah, so I was I was negative seven when we landed on the moon. Uh, but I am certainly my generation uh, was. Uh, uh, was the space shuttle. Uh, I remember watching space shuttle launches as a kid. In fact, I was, um, uh, they used to wheel uh, the TVs into the rooms. Now you have TVs in every uh, classroom, but back then, uh, you know, they used to wheel them in. And uh, uh, you were, if you were in one of the lucky classrooms, you can actually watch a space shuttle launch off and, and, and do some of the wonderful things that the space shuttle program uh, did. So I, I was certainly inspired by that. Um, and now working on a film uh, that, that, you know, uh, that showcases what was the precursor or the, the beginning of the space shuttle, which is the Apollo uh, uh, project, um, is, is uh, such a gratifying uh, experience and uh, something I'll never forget. Yes. When I was watching this documentary, I wasn't really someone who really looked up to astronauts. I just like I would look to NASA and say, oh, wow, it's a, it's a rocket ship sending men to the moon. But now that I watch the Apollo 11, I now see all the work that was put in to this amazing project that was sending men to the moon because I never knew about Neil Armstrong and all the work behind it. I only knew that NASA sent people to the moon to be the first men to walk on the moon. Yeah, and it's and it's um, it's crazy to think we haven't uh, we haven't been back there in, in fifty years, uh, and uh, you know who knows if if we're going to be going back anytime soon. But I hope that the film uh, inspires uh, you know generations of of people moving forward um, uh, to reach for the stars, and if and it really showcases, uh, particularly for people like you, um, you know. Uh, we used to do really great things. Uh, we, you know, um, and, and going to the moon, uh, um, was something that, uh, you know, everybody could really get behind. And I think, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what we do, whether we go back there, going to Mars and, uh, spreading our wings into the universe. Um, and certainly, um, your generation are the people that are going to take us there. So I hope the film inspires that. Yes. Yeah, so how did you get interesting, interested in space travel? Well, um, uh, again, it kind of goes back to being a kid. I was born and raised um, uh, in Ohio, uh, which is where a lot of the astronauts come from. Neil Armstrong uh, grew up just a couple of hours away from me. Uh, same with uh, John Glenn, the first astronaut uh, to orbit the Earth. Um, so I was always fascinated by, um, you know, by uh, those astronauts. And certainly I had a lot of um, people that was such, such a big project. Uh, so friends, relatives uh, that might have, you know, tangentially worked uh, uh, within the space program. Um, so uh, when this this came, uh, you know, uh, my way, uh, you know, I jumped at the chance to, uh, to make a film about this, uh, you know, wonderful journey um, to the moon. That's amazing. So if space travel ever opens up to normal people, would you ever travel? Absolutely. Sign me up. <laughs> I would too. Seems like hard work, but it also seems very educational and kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you so much, Todd, for your wonderful time and your amazing words i had such a great time speaking to you and it was such a great honor there you go guys i had the honor to speak to the mastermind behind the outstanding documentary apollo 11 then again i'm nancy theater reporting for kids first and thank you so much for listening 
Thank you so much, Nancy, and special thanks to Todd Miller for taking his time out to talk about his new film, Apollo 11. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Wonderful documentary. Take some friends, pop some popcorn, and enjoy this wonderful film. With that, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking to the wonderful Todd Miller about the new, his new film, Apollo 11. So make sure to go check out that film. And we're also going to be talking to some newcomer, Kids Feels Film Critics. Right now we're talking to the wonderful Michelle about the new Marvel epic, Captain Marvel. Thank you for being on the show, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk about this film because it is the new phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's got Brie Larson, it's got Samuel Jackson, it's got action, it's Marvel, it's Marvel, it's Marvelous. And <laughs> I am a huge Marvel fan, so with all this hype, Michelle, do you feel like it lived up to the expectations? Oh, well, I'm also a huge Marvel fan, and I was like counting down the days until uh, Captain Marvel comes out. Um, I would say that I have very high expectations a lot of times when it comes to Marvel films because the writing and their cinematography and just style of filmmaking is already so high. Their standards are so high that when I'm expecting to see Captain Marvel, I expect something to see um, up to par with the rest of the films. Um, I'm very 50-50 when it comes to Captain Marvel. I thoroughly enjoyed the storyline and the character development, but it's there's also something lacking there that we don't get to see like the other Marvel films. Interesting. Now, I got to admit, um, coming as also a Marvel fan, 
I was never a huge fan of Captain Marvel as a character with the comics. I mean, it's it's not one of those things where it's like, Doctor Strange is getting his movie. Yes! I'm yeah. getting his movie. Yes! Captain Marvel. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> but I understand that he, she's a she's a huge part of the of the MC universe in the comics. And also, it's just, it's kind of like, I was hoping it was going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, I'm not expecting much from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then it ends up being one of the best um, influence of the MC universe. So that's what I was kind of hoping, to be introduced to a character that may have not get as much, gotten much screen time and mm-hmm. get some more recognition as a character. So where do you feel like this film fell flat? I just think that there was... I mean, I I do have to take the story, like the origin story into account. This is set in the 90s. It's far a different time compared to the Marvel films of today. Um, But I I think it's just the writing was a little bit cheesier um, than it normally would be. It was a lot less like thrilling and suspenseful and a lot more just um, informational and um still like developing i would say that honestly what saved it the most is like the humor um because i feel like marvel always has comedy like on point and if it weren't for that and the relationship that nick fury and um captain marvel share i don't see the story being um as three-dimensional as it got to be Mm -hmm. i think origin stories are kind of the hardest the hardest ones to make because you're introducing a character for the first time and especially a character like Captain Marvel which to be honest has not gotten as much presence in the media in television and film before so we're pretty much audiences are pretty new with her so what do you feel like makes origins what do you feel like are the hardest parts of making an origin story um film in film at least and what do you feel like what do you feel like films need to do better to like portray an origin story correctly? I just feel like, especially in, in this case, I understand that it's like super hard. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's Marvel. There's so much, so many yeah. things that are coming together within one universe. Um, and I feel like they should tell, like, I, I really don't know how to explain it, but um just maybe, especially when it comes to this story, is to maybe have a little bit more character development on um, Captain Marvel's perspective, which is kind of ironic because the whole origin story, especially for Captain Marvel, is seeing her become Captain Marvel and seeing her become this super powerful superhero in this in this universe. Um, but I almost felt like the other characters around her had more development and more intensity than her at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that, you know, just just keep it authentic and keep it, um, get those comic books, see those characters in those comic books and try to replicate that as like to the best of your abilities in real life. Because I feel like, you know, the comic books are truly the essence of all of these Marvel films. Um, and if we follow it to the T, especially when it comes to an origin story, I think it'll hit the audiences a lot better. Very true. And, and of course, adapting these comics are extremely difficult because you're trying to not only cater to the Marvel fans, but also, of course, just regular movie-going fans as, as well. So, talk, since some points in this story felt a little bit you know, lackluster than others, what do you feel this film, besides the comedy in its story, really succeeded compared to other Marvel origin stories? Ah, um, I I just really liked um, everything, how they set up the time period and everything um, when it comes to the music, even the dialogue that they had at times. It was very um, true to its time. I oh I just I just loved almost like the the dialogue between the characters. I think it was really just fun and fresh and a lot more I guess like laid back than your typical Marvel movie where it's like super um, intense and dramatic and they have like these super intense like monologues. Um, I feel like Captain Marvel was a lot more chill when it comes to that. Um, yeah, that's that's what I really liked about it. The 90s, the year of Blockbuster, may she rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. uh, you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today we're going to be talking about the films How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World. Also we'll be talking about Sesame Street, Celebrate Life, and also introducing some new Kids First film critics. Right now we're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Michelle about Captain Marvel. Now, 
in this film, Captain Marvel is basically from from news reports and reports from Kevin Feige, the producer of Marvel, is she's going to be kind of the leading force into the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So she's basically going to be like the Iron Man of the next phase. How do you feel about that knowing with this film? I'm sorry, can you repeat that last part for me? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. So basically knowing that she's going to be leading the force of the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how do you feel about her kind of like taking over? Do you feel like that she's going to be a a nice, fresh take on the phase? And do you feel like she'll be able to carry out the the next phase of Marvel? Hmm. Well, since it picks up towards the end and you really get to see her take up this full form of Captain Marvel, um, I would say... I feel like she would do a really great job. And you know what? I hope that she does an even better job um, in the upcoming film. I'm looking forward to Endgame. I'm, like, so excited for that. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe with the contrast of the of the Avengers and all the other superheroes that we're going to have on that film, she becomes stronger as a character and maybe a little bit more exciting, some like, a little bit more depth to her. Um, but other than that, I mean, she is pivotal um, in, in Marvel's universe in general, but especially right now, um, an endgame. So I'm hoping and I'm expecting to see some uh, really strong character build up. I hope so as well. And I just, because it's interesting because we're, we're reaching the end of an era right now and it's kind of surreal because I think many of us have grown up with it. And now seeing this next phase in the MC universe is, is exciting but also kind of nerve wracking because you want to make sure that they're not like redoing the same thing. They're doing something new, but also you hope that it's not only as equally as good as the as, as the past, but maybe even better. Right. So with um, we've we've talked about the the plots, we've talked about its future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's just get right down to the bare bones of it, which are the performances. You got Samuel Jackson, you got Brie Larson, you've got so many absolutely amazing performers in this film. Um, what do you think of them? Well, I think let's start with Brie Larson first because I'm, I for one, am a huge fan of her work in, in general. I think she's such an amazing actress. So I had very high expectations coming into the film. I'm seeing her, you know, like partake this huge character. Um, and I love, I, again, like I love Marvel and I love the story of Captain Marvel. So to see one of my favorite actresses embody her, I had some pretty high expectations. But there is just, I'm not sure if it's because of the writing in the film or something but um there's just some lines in the film that fell flat or some scenes that I felt like just lacked a little bit more emotion from Brie um there are times when um one of her co-stars Lashana Lynch she plays Maria Rambo her best friend in the film um she stole the show uh the character Maria she did such an incredible job um and I was just like you know I'm paying attention on her more than I am on the lead character mm-hmm. um but I would say, like, everybody else did a really great job, especially Samuel Jackson. But I feel like he, he does a great job in every movie. He never disappoints. Nice. Um, but it's also cool because you get to see him develop, too, because it's not only the origin story of Captain Marvel. You also get to see the origin story of, of Nick Fury, you know, mm-hmm. and how he becomes Agent Fury and sets up all of these Avengers and stuff. Um, it's very exciting. It's very cool. And the cast, I think, did a terrific job. You know what's funny? Your reaction to um, the side characters being a bit more interesting than the main character is how I felt with Black Panther. Because I could just watch a whole movie with just Lupita and everybody else in that film because oh yes, amazing. Yes. I just could watch a whole film with them. But uh, I gotta say, even though with, with some of the disappointments in some of the areas, how many films, how many stars would you give this film? What would you say is the age range? I would say four out of five stars, and I would say the age range would be ten and up. And for anybody who's a Marvel fan, like, how would you describe this film in three words? In three words? I know, Ooh. right? Galactic. Okay. Fiery. <laughs> and uh, powerful. Well, I'm super excited to go check out this film. I already bought my tickets, so I'm going to be seeing it very soon. Thank you so much, Michelle, for talking about Captain Marvel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, if you haven't already, I mean, why do we have to say go see a Marvel film? Basically, if you're a Marvel fan or if you're a superhero fan or if you just want to see some high-flying action and just fantastic performances, 
You already bought your ticket. Go check out Captain Marvel in theaters now. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Here Co- Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Samantha Marcus from sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the new film, Captain Marvel, and next we'll be talking with Jordan, who is from New York City and is 12, about Jane Salon trying to sleep in the bed you made. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Hi. Hello. So tell us about this. I actually just went to a salon also for um, Virginia DeBerry and Donna Grant, which I think that's what yours is about, right? Yeah. So tell me about that. Well, so on February 20th, um, the C. Jane Salon and the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media, they hosted an event to celebrate the 20th anniversary, actually, of trying to sleep in the bed you made by the New York Times bestselling authors, Virginia DeBerry and Donna Grant. And it was like held in honor of Black History Month. And it was a very lively discussion about the state of people of color in media. Wow, yeah, that I went to the one, you're in New York City, I went to the one in LA. And um, I, oh. thought it, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I mean, just to talk about like, I actually was Gina Davis at the one that you were at? No, actually. Oh, I, I saw her actually. It was so cool. But yeah, they were, I mean, these, these authors are just fantastic. I mean, what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was actually getting to see the live readings of the books because it was kind of like watching a play and each book was like a different scene. And some of them were very um, romantic and dealt with friendships while others were more traumatic and emotional, which I really found interesting. Yeah, I actually thought it was really funny because some of the um, scenes in the book were really funny and then some of them were really serious too. So I like how they had that contrast, especially since, you know, gender and media is so important. And I really like how they like really highlighted that just through like the acting. I feel like acting is everything. Like it makes everything. Um, So yeah, I mean, what was like the most important thing that you learned by going there? Um, I think the most important thing that I learned by going there was just how underrated women, um, women of all races, not just women of color, are in media. And actually, when I was talking to one of the authors, I think it was Virginia DeBerry, she said something really important, which was that women needed to continue to get better representation, especially for women in the media, which I thought was really interesting because Um, She kind of made me realize how underrated us women are and that we really have something to say and that we should be taken more seriously. Yeah, I I find it like especially when I went there, too, I I agree with you. A lot of women in media are really underrepresented. And, you know, I think um, 
I don't remember her name, but the CEO of the Gina Davis Foundation was talking about, like, so many statistics, and she was saying how, like, 54% of, like, I don't even remember, I can't, I don't know why I said that, because I don't even remember what she said, but she was talking about, like, statistics related to women in films, and how, like, of course, there's more men in films, and I find that, like, to be really really sad because I feel like women and women of color should be in more in these films because I love seeing diversity in these films but um yeah I mean women in media is like it's just so important like I value all the girls out there especially in kids first too like just sharing their voices and you know being so empowering because women are really important as well as men so I love that um have you read the book, Gotta Keep on Trying? I actually haven't. I haven't heard of any of these books until I actually went to the event, but I'm kind of interested in reading them now. Yeah, me too. I haven't read the one that, um, the God Trying to Sleep in the Bed You Made, but it sounds like it's very interesting. Actually, when I went to the um, event, they were they had a video message. The authors weren't there, but I'm glad that at your event they ended up showing up. Well, who else did you talk to? Um, I met Harry Lennox from NBC's hit show, um, I think it's Blacklist, and um, I met someone named, let me just check real quick, um, Yolanda Brinkley, and she's an entrepreneur, which was really interesting, and then Tyra Lindsay Warren, and she works in the television and film development with the Creative Artist Agency. That's so cool. Wow, it sounds like you met a lot of awesome people. I I think that must have been, like, really amazing. And um, I have another question for you. So when you were there, like, how much of the audience was women versus men? Like, do you, do you know? Yeah, actually, most of the audience was, in fact, women. There were a few men here and there, but majority of the audience was women, which was really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love seeing that, too. I mean, especially, like, just seeing all the women get out there and be empowered. It's just awesome. But um, thank you so much, Jordan, for talking about trying to sleep in the bed you made. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about Apollo 11, Captain Marvel, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Sesame Street, Celebrate Life, we're going to welcome some new Kids First reporters and Trying to Sleep in the Bed You Made. So we just got done talking about Trying to Sleep in the Bed You Made, but now we're going to be talking with Hennessy, who is 16 and is from Puerto Rico, about her new experience as a Kids First reporter on the radio show. So welcome to the show. Hey. I was so excited to have you here. So this is your first time on the radio show, right? Yes, I'm so nervous. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. You're going to do great. Um, Thank you. So how has Kids First been for you so far? Because I know that the radio show and writing and creating video reviews is much different. But um, just like aside from being on the show, like how has Kids First been for you? It has been amazing. Um, ever since I was a kid, I really, really loved like everything that had to do with cameras, radio shows, you know, like. TV, movies, music. So when I got the opportunity to be in Kids First, I was so excited, and it has really made an impact on me. When did you join Kids First? Um, like January. <laughs> oh, so wow. So you're only in for like two months. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so what have you done since you've been here, like in the time? Like what kinds of movies have you seen? I have not seen like almost anything just one like yesterday actually that was like my first one that has been like out of the training so but it was like really good oh wow what movie was it it's called Zool oh cool yes wow so what did you since you I didn't know you haven't seen anything yet but what have you learned in your training like what was the most valuable thing that you think you learned um definitely like responsibility is something really really important for me because you know it's like for people who want to be something in life it's really important to be responsible and definitely the training days it like showed me to be responsible to be on time oh yeah like especially in the entertainment business it's like 
movies start on time, when you have to do your video and your interviews, like you have a deadline. So I think that yes. that's, that's like super important. And um, another question I have for you. So since you've been with Kids First, like you said that it's like impacted your life. How do you think it's impacted your life? Like, is there something specific that you notice that's different about yourself now? Something that you've learned? Yes. Yeah, so like I mentioned before, it's always been a dream of me to work in this business, the acting, the singing, anything that has to do with that side of the business. So when I joined, I did not think it was going to be like this way. It was so much better than I even thought it was. It would be like, it showed me responsibility. It showed me um, how to do videos, how to edit, how to do a lot of things that I did not know how to do in the past. Right, right. So since you are a reporter now, and even though you haven't seen that many movies, what do you, what is, would you consider to be your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time is yeah. definitely Divergent. Yeah, it's oh, kind of okay. old, but I love that movie. Wow, well, that's a great movie. Um, have you, like, have you met some of the other kids for supporters, like, personally, or have you only met them, like, online? No, only online. Since I live in Puerto Rico, it's kind of hard for me like to actually go and meet them. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even in L.A., like it's hard for me to like meet some of the other ones, too. But it's so cool how we're all across the nation and the world, and then we still can meet each other. So I think that's awesome. Yes. Now, <laughs> what what's like, what is your goal like when you write your when you're gonna if you haven't already but if when you write your reviews like what would you say you know like when I write my reviews like my goal is to just like get that one person who's reading it like or many people who are reading it to like get feel inspired feel like they have a voice in the movies too so like what would you say is your goal when you write and edit these reviews so my goal is to oh, how do I explain it <laughs> It's just to be, I, I am always like completely sincere with what I write about the reviews, about the movies, the films. Um, so my goal is just to inspire people and to see that you can be as sincere as you want. And it, you have a voice. So yeah, like you have a voice to say whatever you think. And when they read my reviews, I want them to know like, oh, she's telling the truth. She's, she's not lying about, oh, the movie is great when it's not or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I find that really important, too. Well, it's great that you're so sincere. I mean, <laughs> nowadays, like in movies, it's really important because you don't want to lie to the viewers because it is a lot of money to see a movie. I remember when it was like eight bucks and now it's like up to 15 almost. Yeah, it's insane. But um, well, thank you so much for being on the show. You are an inspiration. And um, I'm so happy that you're on the show. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future with Kids First. I know it's going to be great. And I'm rooting for you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Samantha Marcus from sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change succeed to become a kids first film critic enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall we are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies love talking about movies and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does all you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got talking to the wonderful Samantha, and she uh, she interviewed new Kids First film critics and talked about some wonderful films. But right now, we're going to be talking to the wonderful Jerry, who is who just went through his last um, in focus director panel, and this time he met he got to see a lot of horror directors. Um, thank you so much, Jerry, for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. So this is director's close-up number five, and you got you were in this panel. You got to, to hear from a bunch of wonderful directors in the one of my one of my favorite genres, horror. So um, tell us a bit about what they talked about and what you gained from this experience. Well, they talked, of course, a lot about horror and thrill and making films that terrify the audience in many, many different ways. But they also went a little bit more broader and just talked about filmmaking as a whole and many different things that people can do to be able to make films easier, such as investment tips, what you should do for sound design. Because for people who don't know, a lot of horror is in the sound. So that was a big part of what they talked about. They also talked about just different strategies they use in pre-production, post-production, during production, and many different tips for making your films. And um, just so we are clear, like, um, can you name the directors that were on this panel? Yeah, of course. So we got Fade Alvarez, who's the director of The Girl in the Spider's Web, as well as Don't Breathe. We got Drew Dowdle and John Eric Dowdle, who are the writers and producers of Waco and Quarantine. We got Aaron Katz, who's the writer and director of Gemini, as well as Land Home. And we also got Daniel Stam, who is the director of Fear the Walking Dead, as well as The Last Exorcist. So with all these wonderful directors here, um, my question for you is, uh, since... You're very much of a science fiction man, and you're very much, and of course, you want to go into filmmaking as well. But what are some things that you took away besides the sound aspect that you feel like that you can implement to maybe future filmmaking in your projects? You know, something I found really interesting is the Dowdle brother, brothers thought uh, talked about uh, investing a little bit. For people who don't know, films are really expensive to make. You know, the bigger blockbuster films you see are generally millions and millions of dollars and that generally is very hard to get if you're not part of a studio and so they talked about a little bit how they get the money and they kind of treated it as a business you know they had steps they had a plan they they said what festivals they're targeting they talked about how they knew they were going to get bought at one of those festivals and how they're going to have a distribution plan and they basically presented this very artistic very abstract film as a business that was meant to profit for investors and it made it a lot easier for investors to be confident that they'll get some money from it. And there are some other things people said, like uh, Katz said that dealing with a low budget is often kind of nice in horror films because you are forced to not show it, but only hint at what's causing the fear, which is a very universal trait for horror films is that when you don't actually see what's causing the terror, it's a lot more terrifying to imagine it. 100% 100% agree. I think it's interesting is that horror is usually what many student films and student productions like tackle. Because I'm not saying that horror is the easiest genre to make, but it is 
I think it's a genre that allows you to be with only your the main bare bones of your elements. And you have, you have to work with what you have. I mean, like, creating a, a low-budget sci-fi film is inc- incredibly difficult because it's either going to look very cheesy or it's going to look cheap. And those usually are not the stuff we want to go for. Actions are the same way. So horror is, like, one of those rare genres where you'll be able to, like, even if you it, even with a low budget, you can still create something as atmospheric and thrilling. Um, so with these directors, uh, what would you say was the best piece of advice you got from these wonderful group of panelists? Ooh, that would be difficult. I do want to comment on what you just said because I really feel like horror, I agree. If you want to make a mediocre horror film, it's really easy to do. You throw some monsters, some jump scares, some big sound effects, and you got a horror film. But a good horror film, the horror film that's going to make somebody leaving have a heart attack, that's going to really be a cultural phenomenon, I feel like it's one of the hardest things to do. That's harder than sci-fi, action, drama, anything. But Yeah. But in terms of tips, I would have to say that would be really difficult. I think that I believe it was Alvarez who said that um, sound design shouldn't start in post-production. Or, yeah, I believe it was him who said that, which I found was a really good tip because you need to really start thinking about those things early on, especially in horror, where sound is such a huge part. And what I also liked is that they kind of talked about that editing doesn't do everything. It's a very common thing that you make three films, one in pre-production, post-production, one in production itself. And they kind of mentioned that you can't fix a terrible film in editing. If everything is horrible, you're not going to raise the approval rating of the film drastically if you edit it for an infinite amount of times. So I found that kind of interesting because that's not commonly said. It's generally that editing can make or break a film. But they really brought up a good point that editing can absolutely increase the quality of a film or it can ruin a film, but it cannot bring a film from mediocre to Oscar award winning. Definitely. there's There's a quote that people say that, Eh, we'll fix it in post. But I remember there was one time I was on set and someone said, no, 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 you fix it on set, perfect it in post. And that stuck with me because fixing it in post is doesn't exist. You can't fix, in a, you can't fix a performance in post. Well, we're getting close to the point where you can, ironically enough. But yeah, it's really true that the most foundational things like good characters, a good script, good locations, those things you cannot fix in post unless you want to make an animated film. Very true. You're, just, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today, we just got done talking about How to Train Your Dragon 3. And we also introduced some new Kids First Film Critics and talked to Todd Miller about Apollo 11. Right now, we're going to continue our conversation with Jerry about his director's panel, our horror movie director's panel. Uh, so, Jerry, this is the fifth installment you've, you've been to because we've, we've been talking on the radio show for a couple of weeks now about your experience at the director's close-up. Um... Just overall, since it's the last panel, like, how was the experience overall? Oh, it's absolutely great. I mean, Film Independent really just knocks it out of the park for with these panels. I mean, I lost count of how many Oscar award-winning filmmakers we had at this panel, and Oscar-nominated filmmakers as well. It's really just the premier filmmakers of the industry from not only the last year, but from the last decade or two overall. I mean, I really absolutely love the... Uh, there was a panel on documentaries, and you just had so many great documentarians there talking about so many different aspects about a, a film category that's really underlooked. And, of course, the director's roundtable that had so many great big, big filmmakers like Bo Burnham, Barry Jenkins, Boots Riley. I mean, huge filmmakers now. And it was really interesting to just see them right in front of you, these great creators who made films that have been praised everywhere, just share tips with people who may be amateurs who have made, never made that film or only made a few films, it was really incredible to have that experience. I would imagine, especially since there's a lot of great filmmakers coming out right now, and we've got it's just it's just kind of nice to see to witness history of filmmakers because it's very it's it's hard because. Filmmaking takes time for you to be able to gain recognition, but now more and more directors are, are becoming discovered. Well, filmmakers in general, with like film, filmmakers like Barry Jenkins and um, Sean, um, oh gosh, Florida Project, one of my favorite films, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Sean Baker, and many other directors coming out because of this new age of filmmaking. Uh, so wh- what do you feel like the, the future of filmmaking is going for independent filmmakers specifically? 
You know, I really think that people are going to take more and more advantage of technology. It's getting so absurdly cheap to get cinematic quality video. I mean, you can buy a $1,500 camera that has quality pretty close to professional cinema of a level, $50,000, $100,000, $300,000 cameras, which is absolutely mind-boggling to think. And it's only going to get cheaper and cheaper. You know... If you really wanted to, if you had a really great story, you don't need a big camera. We all have phones now. You just need to be a little bit smart with how you use it, and you can make a great film. I think it really shows that filmmaking is going to become more and more broader in what it explores and what is made. And I really think we're seeing that with the films that are getting nominated for the Oscars and the films that are just going into theaters is becoming extremely unique. And also something I personally like that I see a lot of studios is doing is I think they're running out of ideas. So they're going into the past more and getting more historical films as well, which I absolutely love. I always thought that history was so underlooked because there's a lot of funny stories out there too, that people don't really think about. So I'm glad to see that is becoming a thing too. I know there's a lot of historically inspired films coming out this year. So I'm really interested to see what people are going to make next. And for independent, I just think that it's going to become more and more closer to, there's going to be no more Hollywood style. And it's just going to be everyone's unique take on a gen on a very broad, type of art uh what about hollywood that would be very interesting especially since like because streaming services nowadays it's interesting where we're going and the future is for me i feel like the future is is bright for filmmaking but again it's there's gonna be down pitfalls and and struggles with every industry whether you're a writer you're a director you're an actor or even all the way down to the pas and gaffers who are some of the most important aspects of filmmaking well, thank you so much, Jerry, for talking about your experience with the director's close-up and also just, you know, sharing your experience throughout these few weeks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for letting me talk about it. Wow. Thank you so much, Jerry. Also, uh, I have nothing really to promote here. I wanted, I was going to say, go check out these things. But if you're an aspiring filmmaker, performing artist, or anywhere in the industry of film, television, or even stage, you got to just go out there and make movies, perform, act, dance. The only way you're going to be able to do it is just doing it and it's wonderful little nonprofits and little panels like this that are beneficial and educational so if you can get a chance to have a have, if you have a chance to go to one of these panels um go to it learn express and create with that said you've been listening to kids first coming attractions thank you so much for listening to check out our latest reviews on the newest dvd releases and also new film releases go check out our re- go check out our website kidsfirst.org also our youtube channel like subscribe comment down below all that good stuff so you can see our wonderful kids first film critics we're getting a lot of new ones right now so please go check them out follow them and watch what they have to say with that said You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you so much for listening. This show is sponsored by Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.